If you're one of our regular church family, a special welcome if you're watching online and if you're sick and can't be here with us, I uh, am praying that you get better soon. Uh, today, uh, so my name is Amy, if I haven't met you before, I'd love to say hello after. Um, I'm the Kids and Youth Minister here at St Jude's and today is our special all-age service. So we're staying in here all together today, worshipping our great God together. Uh, my hot tip for you if you're watching at home uh, and if you're here today is to, um, if you're watching at home, grab your Bible. If you're here, make sure you go get a news sheet. You'll need that today. Um, you'll need a piece of paper if you're watching at home and a pen or pencil or something like that and make sure you grab your peg, grape and texter as you walk in as well if you're here. Alright, let's begin today by praying to our great God together. Please join me in these words in yellow. Faithful God whose word is life, come in the power of your spirit to open our hearts and meet our deepest needs. Help us to pray and shape our lives for the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm going to invite uh, one of our kids' church kids, Eliza, to come on up. She's going to read the Bible for us. Uh, so if you've got your new sheet, you can follow along with that. If you've got your Bibles at home, uh, grab those out. Come on up here, Eliza. All right, is that good? Yes, yeah, fantastic. All right, our passage today is John 15. 1 to 17. Here we go. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other.
very much, Eliza. That was great. All right, friends, this is Graham. Uh, Graham oh. is one of our youth dads at Parksville, and he works at Ridley. Um, years ago, he taught me stuff at college. I taught her everything she knows. <laughs> um, and Graham is here today to help us uh, think through this passage together. Um, so we're, we're going to break up into lots of little segments and do some interactive things. And the first thing we're going to do is have a little bit of chat about it. Mm. Um, now, I was curious, so in this Bible passage, it talks a lot about gardening. Are you much of a gardener? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm so not a gardener. Um, uh, my, my wife's down here in the front row. When, when we, uh, it was either when we got engaged or when we got married, some very well-meaning friends of ours gave us a pot plant, and in the card they wrote, as this plant flourishes, so may your love grow and flourish. Aww. It's like, it's, oh, it's going to be dead in a month. <laughs> And, and it was, and it was. Uh, Our love is not. Our yeah. love is not. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Um, there's some good gardening tips in this passage. Uh, make sure your plant stays connected to the vine and uh, make sure that you prune your plant properly. I'm, I'm never good at that. Um, but it looks like it's pretty useful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, re- I remember hearing a sermon on this when I was, a, I was a bachelor and I was living in a church house that had roses out the front and the old ladies at church kept berating me for how I was not looking after the roses. But I remember a sermon on this passage and, and uh, the preacher had this illustration about how to prune roses. It was a very useful sermon. I went home, pruned the roses and it worked. They grew ah, and it was lovely. Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. Uh, but I'm guessing that Jesus actually wanted to teach us something a little more than just gardening skills. He, he is, he is. He, do, he does, uh, I, I, mean, I guess he, he wants us to, to garden. Um, he did create uh, the plants and everything else like that. But Jesus is using a metaphor here, isn't he? It's, it's picture language uh, because he is trying to make uh, a bigger point. And, and the point there is right at the end of the passage. That's when he speaks very clearly. This is my command, love each other. And that's really what this whole passage uh, is all about. But... You know, often Jesus does, he uses imagery um, uh, to make a point. And we see that all the way through the Bible, really. Often you'll, you'll be reading a Bible passage and there'll be some sort of uh, image, a picture, an illustration. And it can sometimes be a little bit hard to know exactly what the image is talking about. Uh, but as we keep reading, then there's generally some then clear instruction that helps explain uh, the metaphor. And so uh, that's, what, uh, that's what we've got here. So. Great. It sounds like a good guide to making sense of the Bible, to find the information that builds our understanding and let the metaphors fire our imagination about it. Uh, but are there, are there other ways, other things to pay attention to as we listen to this passage today? Yeah, when, when I first uh, get given a, a passage that I'm going to uh, teach on or, or, or preach on, really the first thing I do is read it <laughs> and then read it again and then read it again. So really paying attention to what the actual words say, particularly when it's a passage like this. Like if you've been around church and Sunday school for a bit, then you've probably done the Jesus vine craft thing sometime before. Like it's a fairly familiar passage. Often when we get the familiar passages, we really want to pay attention so that we see exactly what Jesus is saying. Make sure that I'm not missing bits uh, because I've got assumptions. And then the second thing I do is I start asking questions. 
I think what are the questions that, that occur to me as I read this passage? And as I read this one, there were three questions that really stood out to me and uh, we're going to uh, deal with those as we go through the morning. The first question is, what does Jesus mean by the image of remain in me? Like what does that actually mean? We can say that sort of Christian jargon, make sure you remain in Jesus, but like, what are we supposed to do to remain in Jesus? That's my first question. Then the second question, what does bearing fruit mean? Okay. It'd be sort of nice if like an apple just grew out of your neck when you needed one, but I, I don't think that's what Jesus means. So what does bearing fruit mean? And then thirdly, what does the cutting off and being pruned there in verse 2 when branches get cut off and, and branches get cut back? That, that sounds a little bit... Um, well, harsh, scary. Yeah. So what does that mean? They're my three questions. Yeah, good. Well, shall we start with the first one then? What does it mean? What does Jesus mean when he says, remain in me? Remain in me. Now, this question really helps by paying attention to the language through the passage. So make sure you've got the Bible reading in front of you, which is in the, uh, the service outline. And we see some connections here. So when, let's start in verse 4. When Jesus says, remain in me, see, he also says, as I also remain in you. So the way that we are remaining in Jesus is how he remains in us. How does Jesus remain in us? Well, he tells us that it's the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit dwells with us and that's how Jesus comes to live with us. And we, we read about that in uh, later parts of, uh, of John's Gospel in this section. So there's something about the Holy Spirit to pay attention to. And then in verse 7, you see there's a bit of a parallel here. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. So again, there's something about remaining in Jesus means having his words remain in us. And that also connects with the whole Holy Spirit thing because we know from John 16 that the Holy Spirit will remind us of the things that Jesus has said. There's a work of the Holy Spirit reminding us of Jesus' words. That's what we want to pay attention to. And then there's another parallel down in verse 9 where he says, remain in my love. Remain in me, remain in my love. And so there's something about remembering that Jesus loves us. And again, I'm seeing connections there with the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Romans chapter 5, Paul says that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's how we know God loves us, because the Holy Spirit is with us. And as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, he speaks God's promises, and God's promises are full of love for us. God's word that says, I love you. You are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. What God the Father said to Jesus, uh, God the Holy Spirit says to us. So we're remaining in Jesus. As Jesus remains in us by his spirit, as his love remains in us and we remain in his love, as we trust what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And then verse 10, the way that we remain in Jesus' love is to keep his commands. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. So keeping the commands of Jesus, which of course is what we'll want to do if we're really convinced that he loves us. So we see all those really fascinating connections in the words that Jesus uses uh, in this passage. Oh, amazing. So uh, if I can summarise for us, when Jesus says, remain in me, 
we can see that he's talking about listening to his words and obeying him because we're so convinced that he loves us. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Why don't we just say that? <laughs> Good question. Good question. You know, um, we go back to the metaphor. The reason that the Bible uses so much imagery is because metaphors, they speak to our heart and they fire our imagination. And there's instruction that speaks to our head and our understanding. But loving God, following Jesus, is not just about what we think in our head. It's about or what we do in our, in our lives and it's about what we feel in our hearts and, and our desires and our imagination. Mm. And, and that's what this passage is so great for. Like we know what a healthy plant looks like. We have one here. Um, a healthy, growing, flourishing plant. And I guess you also know what a shriveled up, dead, dying plant. Just come around to my garden <laughs> and I'll show you examples. Great. And there is this, you know, this invitation. You know, which one do we want to want to be like? You know, um, reading and learning from the Bible. It's not just what we have to do; it's what we can do, so that we might be like the flourishing plant. Yeah. That's what it's yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. All right. I got another question then. Uh, verse seven. Uh, what does that mean? If if we obey Jesus because we trust His words, uh, what does He mean by saying that we can ask for anything we wish? That is a very good question. Very good question, and we'll get there. But before we get there, let's stay with this message that Jesus loves us uh, because that, that is uh, so key. The band is on, on their way up and, uh, and we're going to sing a song about Jesus' love for us because if we miss that, we sort of miss the whole, the whole point of uh, what Jesus is saying here. The song is 10,000 Reasons. Uh, we know this song. Uh, it reminds us that God is rich in love and God is slow to anger. The passage has encouraged us to remain in God's love, to stay connected to the vine. So let's sing about the love that God has for us in the Lord Jesus. Come on up, Josie. Uh, Jesus says in verse 10, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. What commands? Oh, great question. Uh, friends, we're going to play a little quiz game. Uh, what commands indeed? Can you name the Ten Commandments? Now, uh, if you have your new sheet, you will need that uh, to write things down. If you don't have it, if you've just got grapes, write it on the back of that. Um, here's the rules. Josie's yeah. going to So you have 60 seconds to write them all down and... No Google, no phone, say anything, no Bibles. Just use like, your memory. And at the end, you get a point for every single one you get right, and you get another point if you get it in the right order. And there's 20 points up for grabs in total. Okay. <laughs> good, good. Some chuckles. All right. So, remember, no phones. You cannot Google this. You get a point for every one you get right, and a point for matching it with the right number. How long have you got? 60 seconds. Great, great, great. All right. Our timer is about to start. Are you ready? Timer. Slide extraordinaire. Cool. Okay. The game begins in three, two, one. Go! Go! Okay, there's usually a little, like, jiggle sound going on, but that's okay. 
52 seconds. Write them down. 46 seconds. Oh, here we go. Getting down. 39. Hold it up to you now. Yeah, that's it. 33 seconds. Over halfway there. We, we are, we are. We're almost finished. Even though the time is gone, we're, all, we're almost there. The music will stop very soon. That'll be your cue. Here we go. Oh, 10 seconds. Finish oh the sentences. Get your last ones down. Go, people, go. Oh, Time's up. Here we go. That's right. Time is up. Okay. Stop driving, you can't run anymore. You can only use your pen to mark it now, okay? All right, so remember, uh, tell us, what do they get a point for? Yeah, so um, you get a point for every single one you get right and you've written it down, and you get like an extra little bonus point if you get it in the right order. So keep an eye out for both of those. Yeah, right order and right thing. Okay, first one, number one, here we go. You shall have no other gods before me. It's number one. If you have that somewhere written on your sheet, you get a point. Well done. If you have it as number one, you get another point. All right, number two. Josie, what is it? You shall not make idols. So if you've got it, you get a point. If you've got it as number two, you get another point. Number three. You shall not misuse God's name. Number three. All right, number four. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Number four. So add your points. All right, number five. Honour your father and mother. All the kids out there. Yes, that's right, you too. <laughs> one point for getting it on their page. One point for number five. All right, number six. You shall not murder. One point, you've got it, and if it's number six, give yourself an extra point. Okay, good. All right, number seven. You shall not commit adultery. So if you're not sure what adultery is, it's being unfaithful in marriage. All right, number eight comes after seven. You shall not steal. Add your points. No stealing. No stealing. All right, number nine. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. Remember, if, you, if you've got it in the right order, give yourself a point, and if you've got it at all, give yourself a point. Yeah. Last one. Are you ready? Ready for it? Number 10. You shall not covet, that's like want, desire, anything that belongs to your neighbour. Number 10. No coveting. Okay. All right, so... We've got to tally everything up. So take a moment to add up all your points. Add your points. Keep them in mind. <laughs> I remember you can get 20 points in total. <laughs> There's a mix of faces I can see here. Okay. 
Uh, are you ready? Okay. Tell us if you got 20 points. Raise your hands and wave them in the. Oh my gosh! Yes, we have some. Woo! Well done, you people. Well done. All right. If you've got nine points, 19 points. Put your put your hands up. 19. Anyone? Anyone? 18. 18. Take 18. 18. Yes. Well done. All right. Now, if you've got 15 points or somewhere in between. 15? 15. 17 to 15 points. Uh, what about 10? Yes. Yes. Well done. Well done. All right. If you got uh, between like... Five and... Five, yeah, five and ten. Five and ten. All right. Well done, well done. And if you got somewhere between one and five, well done you as well. All right. Give yourselves a big round of applause. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Josie. Let me take that for you. Thank you for playing our game. Now, uh, this game, but uh, also thinking about these commitments, do remind us that uh, we have this constant wrestle, as we learned at Friday Youth Group, with um, our human nature and the desire to do good as well. So, um, uh, as it says, to keep his commands. Uh, and love each other, we often don't do that. We don't add up. We don't get 10 out of 10. We often don't love God all the time or we don't love our friends all the time. Uh, and so that's why we have these things called confession in our church services. We come before God to bring those times that we don't add up before him when we don't always love him or we don't always love our friends. And so we're going to say sorry to God for those things now. Do you please join me in these words in yellow? God of love and kindness, we need your help. We haven't lived as you want. We've sinned in our thoughts, our words and actions. Forgive us and make us strong to live your way. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. And friends, the great news is that our God keeps his promises. We have confessed our sins. God has forgiven us because Jesus died for us. Amen. How good is that? And because we're at peace with God now, it also means we're at peace uh, with each other because of his spirit that lives in us. So let's say these words together to express that peace and share that peace with each other. We are the body of Christ. His spirit is with us. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. I want you to take a moment to share a symbol of that peace by hello, uh, elbow bump, shake of the hand, whatever you're comfortable with. Hello, everybody. Let's take a seat, hey? <laughs> I think we've got a friend... I think, I think, am I on? Oh. Well, I think we have a friend who is here with us. Am I on? Yeah. We've got a friend here with us. Grab a seat. Okay. Let's grab a seat. 
<laughs> Let's go have a seat. Do you want to touch? Hi guys, go. 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 Okay. Go. Off you go. Hi, Floss. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. Hi, Graham. Oh, oh. I'm so distressed. Oh, Floss, you look terribly distressed. What's going on? Oh, well, I've been praying. See, wait, like, like, let me show you. Jesus, please give me a pony. No new car. No. And, and, oh, wait, wait. Jesus, please, can I have long, flowing hair with body bounce and shine? Floss, I pray that prayer every day. <laughs> What, what, when you, what do you mean when you say it's not working? Like Jesus says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So I'm asking and I'm not getting what I'm asking for. So maybe I'm not doing it right. Or, 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 or what? I, I don't want to say it. Oh, why, why don't you want to say it? It's not the sort of thing you say at church. Oh. Not out loud. Oh, okay. Well, Floss, why don't you whisper? Whisper it to me and... Uh... Oh. So, Floss, it sounds like it's not just that you worry that you might be doing prayer wrong, but you might be a bit worried that maybe Jesus is not keeping his promise. You can't say that! It's okay. You can say things like that. If you really are concerned that Jesus might not be keeping his promise. Is, is that worrying you, Floss? Yes, yes it is. Hmm. Well, Floss, are you my friend? Of course I'm your friend. Oh, that's nice to know. Floss, if you're my friend, will you do anything that I ask you to do for me? Well, of course I would. That's, uh, that's what friends are for. Excellent, that's great, Floss. Floss, um, could you cook me lunch today? That would be great. Um... Not sure if you've noticed, Graham, but I'm a puppet. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at talking, not so good at cooking. Okay, okay, I get that, I get that. How about what if, Floss, if I rang up like a takeaway food delivery service and if I held that up to you, um, this is my phone stand there, but if I did that, could you then, would you then order for me for lunch anything that I wanted? you ask. Fantastic. Floss, for lunch today, I would like fairy floss. Graham, fairy floss? Fairy for lunch? For lunch, please. What? Like, no. What do you mean, no? Well, two, one, two problems. I mean, eating something named after me is weird. That's one. But also, you can't eat fairy floss for lunch, Graham. Well, but why not? I love fairy floss. I wanted, you said that you would do anything that I asked. But it's not good for you. 
But I love it. Fairy floss is so nice. There's pink fairy floss and white fairy floss and blue fairy floss, all the different food groups. <laughs> I think you need to go back to school, Graham. But also, um, how can I say this kindly? You don't have the metabolism of a younger person. You're not getting any younger and you're not getting any thinner, if you know what I mean. Well, Floss, that makes me a little bit disappointed. Because you said that you were my friend. You said that you would do anything that I asked. But, but Graham, it's because I love you. Oh! Graham, there's a lesson here. I'm, I'm like God. You're like God? Slow down, <laughs> speed racer. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean you're like God? It's like you're my friend. So I said I'd do whatever you ask, but... You asked for things that weren't, or like, aren't good for you. And, well, that's like God. Sometimes we ask for things that he may not want to give it to us because he loves us. You know, he wants to give us better things instead. Floss, you are so wise. You know, sometimes I even surprise myself. <laughs> so, Floss, how does that mean that we need to get to know God better, and that way we'll be able to pray for things that God wants to give us. I mean, that sounds like a good idea. Excellent. So, Floss, how can we get to know God? Uh, Graham, you're the minister. You're the one who's got all the answers. <laughs> Floss, it is true. Ministers often do have a lot of answers. We've thought about things before, but, but you've got answers as well. How do you get to know other people? Oh, well... I spend time with them, I talk to them, I listen to them. Oh, one time my friend Berry, she was on holidays and she wrote me a postcard um, so I could read her postcard and now it's stuck in my fridge. That's great. That's how I get to know people as well. Oh, great. Yeah. Wait. <gasps> There's a lesson here too. I think, like, like, so God has written to us in the Bible, right? And, and when we read the Bible, we get to know God. And, and, and when we get to know God, we'll be better at knowing the good things to pray for. Floss, again, you are so wise. Oh, well, what can I say? I try to lend a hand where I can. <laughs> Floss, thank you so much for teaching us. I think it would be great for all the boys and girls and the adults here to do what we've been talking about, to spend some time uh, back in our Bible passage, thinking about that Bible passage so that we might get to know God better. Do you think that's a good idea? I think that's a great idea. Excellent. That's what we're going to do. And friends, that is what we're going to do. On your uh, service sheets, you'll see that there was the Ten Commandments task and then there's another task. Uh, this is called Spot the Metaphor. So we have this question for you. We want you to, uh, just in some small groups where you are, um, with uh, um, maybe uh, two or three, three or four other people, have a reread of John chapter 15 verses 1 to 17. Have a reread over our passage and think about this question. What outcome does Jesus want for his 
disciples. That is, what does he want his disciples to be like? At the end of the day, what's the big instruction that Jesus has for us? Now, there are bonus points if you can find the metaphors, the picture language, and distinguish that from the clear, the plain instructions that Jesus gives us. So I'm going to give you about two minutes, one to two minutes. Have a read through the passage. Can you find the metaphors? Can you find the instructions? What does Jesus want his disciples to be like? Good luck, everyone. Ah. Yeah, Floss. Okay, I'm guessing that uh, we could probably spend a lot more time in this passage, but we need to keep moving along so that we do get to lunch today. Here are, here are the metaphors. Give yourself a, a, a pat on the back if you've got these. Um, so Jesus, he talks about bearing fruit, doesn't he? And in a number of places, being fruitful in verse 5 and verse 8, or verse 4, love the fruit pictures, and verse 16. So that's the metaphor. He wants us to be fruitful. But what what does being fruitful actually mean? Well, I think there are a number of places where he seems to begin to explain what all this means. Being fruitful means uh, showing people that we're his disciples. So Jesus wants people to see that we follow him, that we're like him, that we've been taught by him. In verse 10, Jesus talks about us keeping his commands and again in verse 14 we keep Jesus commands that's how we show the world that we are following him that we're his disciples in all of this what Jesus wants for us he also talks about having complete joy this is not just a life of drudgery but Jesus wants us to show the world that being his disciples following his commands is a life of joy and that sort of life that sort of the commands are to love other people the way that Jesus loved us. That's what being fruitful is and that's what we want to spend some time uh, thinking about. You know, this idea, uh, the questions that we raised at the beginning, what are the different uh, questions that the passage asks? One of the questions that I had was, what does it mean to be fruitful? And here we see it's to obey Jesus' commands and to love to love others. That's good, isn't it? Bearing fruit, obeying Jesus. It's a life of joy, a life of love, and it sounds lovely. What are Jesus' commands, though? Remembering Jesus, the Ten Commandments, is a little bit hard. If some of us, you know, that's we've just got to rely on our memory, we've got about a five out of ten chance. (laughs) Five out of twenty chance. Well, remembering the commands, all the Ten Commandments is hard, but the easy way, verse 12, my command is this, love each other. Jesus here, in one sense, is not replacing the Ten Commandments, but giving us a summary of them. It's the same summary we see in the Old Testament. The Old Testament said to love God and to love our neighbour. And Jesus says these are the two great commandments in the law. So it's sort of easier. Rather than remembering ten, you just have to remember two, or really just one, just love. But it's not easier, is it? Because love is hard. Love is hard and especially the love that Jesus commands of us. Do you see what verse 12 continues to say? 
love each other as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? Verse 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Do you remember back to our sermon series before Easter? We talked about the cross, how Jesus laid down his life. He died for us and that's what he wants us to be like for one another. That's huge. Do you often wonder whether you'd be prepared to lay down your life for another? We hear the stories of times of war or times of disaster in in terrible accidents and there are people that they, they literally sacrifice their life for another person. And I wonder whether I would have the, the courage, the love for others to do that if it came to that time. But you know, we don't have, just have to wait for the big sacrifices of life because Jesus also calls us to live a life day to day which is sacrificial. Again, one of the passages we looked at before Easter was Philippians chapter 2 where Paul says, have the same mind as Christ Jesus. Think the way that Jesus thought And to do that in verse 3 and 4 of Philippians 2, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That's sacrificial love. So when you're being served dinner and you have your eyes on the crispiest potatoes then instead of being selfish and making sure that you get the best serving, then would you think about the interests of your children and let them be served first? If you're enjoying watching the TV after dinner and you can see your mum and dad start doing the washing up, then instead of just thinking how comfortable you are sitting in front of the telly, then perhaps you could go and help them out. If you're in a conflict with someone else, and you know exactly what you want out of this conflict, then would you be like Jesus and love the other person and spend some time trying to think about what they want out of this conflict and work to see whether you both might be able to get your way or would you even let them have their way instead? All of these are little sacrifices that we can make. All of these are ways of laying down our life for others, the way that Jesus laid down his life for us. We're going to spend some time thinking about the things that we can do that would obey Jesus' commands, that would love others. But in order to do that, we need to have the mind of Christ. The music team again is going to come back, come back and we're going to sing a prayer together. This prayer, may the mind of Christ my Saviour, live in me from day to day. We are asking God that we would think the way that Jesus thinks. We're praying that that Jesus' mind would live in us every day. Let's stand and pray as we sing. Well, we've, we've had a little think about what are some things that we could do to show love to others. We've just prayed about it in that song. Now I want us to think, what can we do this week? Really concrete. How can we love others?
So you've got uh, one of these little bunch of grapes as you walked in and a little peg and hopefully something to write with. I want you to think about um, what are your uh, spheres of people in the world this week. Maybe people you live with at home, your family, maybe people um, at school, uh, maybe your work colleagues, might be something else. How can you love someone else this week? How can you love others? I want you to try and think of something really concrete to write down. Once you've thought of that and written it down, um, the people on the end, your job today is to um, collect everyone's little grapes and peg it onto the side of the room, the little vine that we've got there. So once you've written yours down, you can pass it to the end of the line and the end person, the end representative on each line, uh, will peg it up for us. If you don't have one, wave your hand and that will give you something to write with. Looking fabulous, everyone. Uh, as, as you put the final touches on those uh, little grapes um, and hang those up, I'm going to pray that God, through his Holy Spirit, would help us to do those things that we've written down this week. Let me pray. Loving God, thank you so much um, that you love us. Thank you for Jesus and thank you um, that through your Holy Spirit you can help us do all things. We pray for um, each of the things that we've written down today, Lord, that you would, by your Spirit, help us to do those, help us to love others in our homes, in our work places, in our schools, in every other sphere of life that we uh, are in. God, help us to do that, we pray. Amen. Well, friends, there's one part of the passage that we haven't really looked at, and that's a a bit more difficult than the others. In verse 2, God cuts off every branch in Christ that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Being cut back sounds painful. Being cut off and thrown away, well, that sounds a bit frightening. And so what does Jesus mean in this part of this metaphor? Well, we're going to switch metaphors. So we're going to go from the realm of the garden and go to the realm of teamwork. And uh, I'm going to invite Amy back, and Amy is going to interview Elliot. Uh, uh, And the team, the dance team that Elliot's part of, I think there's some really useful parallels in this experience for what Jesus might be talking about. Here you go. All right. Uh, Elliot, uh, tell us about the dance team you're part of. I am part of a ballet school called uh, On Point School of Dance. Awesome. And how long have you been dancing? I have been dancing for, I think, seven, six years a long time. So yeah. what, how old were you when you started? I was just turning eight, I think. Turning eight, and yeah, cool. Nice. Um, so I'd love to hear about, um, uh, well, first of all, what do you like best about being in your ballet school? 
I love working together with people to do the shows, mm-hmm. and I you know, love the feeling of just making something so beautiful. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, how much goes on behind just the performances? Like, how often do you have to go to ballet school? So many hours. So many hours. My parents would say so much driving. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so, how many times a week do you go to practice? I go four days a week. Four days a week. And Amalia goes three days uh-huh. between us. That's yep. six days a week. It's a lot of driving. And um, you were telling me the other day that you do stuff outside of practice too. You do like you have to do extra on oh, top. Oh yes, we yeah? have to stretch at home. Mm-hmm. We have to mentally revise. But it sounds like a lot of work and a lot of hours to get to the point of performing. It is. Yes. It is. Yes. Well done, you. So um, I want to know what happens if you um, if you don't perform well. If we don't show up or we're not putting enough effort into dancing, the ballet school would email us and they would email our parents and they would talk about if we want to do this and perhaps why we're not doing it. And then if it comes to the worst thing, we would start talking about, you know, maybe ballet is not the right thing for you and maybe you shouldn't be here. Okay, so it gets pretty serious pretty quickly. It does. It does, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I like even the email sounds scary. Is that does that sound scary? Is that feel it's scary? Very scary. <laughs> okay, um, glad I'm getting like <laughs> a sense of that threat. Um, so you've got like um, you've got like the motivation of a like a negative threat thing, but uh, what would you say is your positive motivation? Um, definitely the shows and progressing through the levels. Oh, yep. You get to perform and you get to be better. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what would happen if you or if someone in the team didn't want to dance anymore? They would send an email and then <laughs> there would be an email back. Yep, yep. And there would just be some correspondence and then they would leave. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, done. 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 Oof. Okay. Um, thank you so much for sharing. I'm going to... We're going to... If you want to talk more to Ellie about his dancing career, it sounds great. Um, Graham's going to keep on explaining how what this has to do with our passage today. Can we thank Can Elliot? Thanks um, so much, Elliot. I love that experience because I think there is so much about the team experience that does give us an insight into what Jesus is saying here. There is an encouragement to keep going. It's not, a, it's not a threat. It's an opportunity to be involved in something. Not a demand. Jesus says, obey him. Not so that he would love us, but because he loves us. We want to be like Jesus because Jesus has been so good to us. We love others not because we have to, but because we can, so that we might work together to make something beautiful. What an invitation. (laughs) What a privilege. What a blessing that we might remain in Christ and love others as Christ has loved us. Jesus shows us the way. 
Jesus gives us his spirit. The spirit speaks Jesus' words. And in this we find joy. That, my friends, is good news.